how churches can respond to gun violence in America. With Tricia Owens and Heather Hilbert from the organization Moms Demand Action on episode number 50 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people. Welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. On today's episode, episode number 50, it's a follow-up to the episode we began in episode number 49 with Tricia Owens and Heather Hilbert from the organization Moms demand action. You learned about Tricia, who is a works for the federal government, but for our purposes here, she was a victim or a victim of violence in that she witnessed a terrible shooting in her front yard of her home where a man took his own life. Her and her husband had led her to take action and become involved with the group called Moms Demand Action. Heather Hilbert is involved with United Methodist Church as a staff person with the Indiana Conference of the United Methodist Church, and she became involved with Moms Demand Action after seeing story after story after story of gun violence, particularly the ones in Sutherland Springs, Texas, and the Parkland shooting at a high school in Florida, which just moved her to action to get involved with Moms Demand Action. And our story here is our story on episode 49 was about their story and about the epidemic of gun violence in America. It's happening too many places. We all have heard the stories or or been aware of it in our schools and workplaces, in uh, in public settings, uh, at festivals, all kinds of places where the, the, the epidemic of gun violence is incredibly depressing. It really is. But what is something positive we can do about it? What is something we as the faith community, as the community of faith, as churches, as local United Methodist Church pastors and lay people, what can we do about it? And that's the focus of our continuing conversation that Bishop Trimble and I have with Tricia and Heather on episode number 50. And that's what we're going to be focusing on here today. Some practical things that your church, your faith community, or you as a clergy person, or you as a devoted lay person can do 
about gun violence in your community. And, and perhaps it starts with organizations like Moms Demand Action. Did want you to know that we have links to a number of organizations that you can be uh, aware of and other opportunities for, for action. If you go to our show notes, which are at tobeencouraged.com slash 050. And you can find out more about the previous episode of uh, where we interviewed with the first part of our interview with Heather and, uh, and Tricia at tobeencouraged.com slash 049. Also want you to know there'll be a full transcript of our conversation on the website as well. If you like what you hear, please pass this news along to other people who may be helpful too. Right now, let's pick up our conversation with Tricia and Heather and Bishop Julius C. Tribble as Bishop Tribble begins to outline the uh, opportunity for churches to respond to gun violence. I think there's a place for the faith community in this. I'm just curious, Tricia and Heather, uh, do you share that thought with me or, or do you think this is something that we, we just should just pray about and hope things get better. And I often, often say to my leadership team, I'm a prisoner of hope, but hope is not a strategy. Well, I, I will speak for myself. I, I do think that the, the church is, is one of the most powerful places that can, can make change. Um, you have a group of people that are coming together in the name of Jesus um, in our religious tradition. Um, who, you know, we've been told, blessed are the peacemakers. Um, and so we have people sitting in pews who are following Jesus. And if we're following Jesus, then we have to be paying attention to the things that Jesus says. You know, when you do something for the least of these, you do it for me. If you don't do it for the least of these, you don't do it for me. Um, and we know that every single um, child person on this earth um, is, is, a, is a reflection of God. And so we love them as such. And in order to, to love someone, I think that includes fighting for justice and protecting them as well. Um, I do think that there are uh, places in the church where we get a little uncomfortable and we don't want to talk about things that might be political. Uh, but I have personally found that the, the places where I'm most uncomfortable initially are often the places where I grow the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true of both my faith and of of my, you know, thoughts in, in the political arena. Um, so I, I do wish that we heard more from church leaders like you, Bishop. I'm grateful for this, this platform, the conversation that you continue to have in the conference, um, because we do need more uh, faith leaders speaking up about violence in this country and our commitment as Christians to love one another and to serve one another um, and not turn a blind eye to what's happening to our neighbor. Trish, what what would you say in terms of when some sometimes we think of vision as a picture of a preferred future? What 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 is a picture of a preferred future as we do this work? Uh, when you look ahead, what what would you like to see in in your lifetime? That's a really good question. Um, I would just like to see lower numbers. When I look at the CDC, CDC statistics for gun violence deaths and injuries. Um, I, in Indiana, I know I've brought up the safe storage thing several times, but it's something that is so important. Like the story you just shared about your, um, that child in your, um, church, 
you know, an eight-year-old being carted off to jail over an unintentional shooting is not something I want to see in the future. Um, you know, kids are kids and that, you know, it's the adults that are responsible for these things, not children. Um, so, you know, I, I wish that Indiana would put together a safe storage law that could actually get passed. Um, because I think with that, not only is it a law, then, you know, adults can be held responsible legally, but it, with it brings education. And lots of times when I'm talking to folks about locking up their guns, you can see the look on their face when I tell them that 75% of kids know where their parents have hidden their gun if it's not in a safe. Wow. Um, they know, they I didn't know that. Yeah, they think they're being sneaky, but they're not. Kids are smart and they're nosy. So, um, you know, just, just I really wish that we could educate people. Like I said, most most people who don't have their guns safely stored think they do or they don't really think their kids would pick up the gun. And, you know, they think they've had that conversation with their child and said, you know, don't touch this. And that was enough. Yeah. And kid, like she said, kids are curious. They're going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Bishop, I also know that this is not an issue that is relegated to some. Sometimes people think this is, you know, just only criminals or people who are, you know, just, you know, kind of living on the rough edge or what's about. We know about all the school shootings. We know about all the shootings in churches and other places and other public workplaces. Uh, the FedEx facility in Indianapolis was just one, Michigan State University recently. I'll give you two quick ones out of my own personal experience of guns in church. Uh, a good personal friend of mine, a guy I went to college with, was pastoring in a neighboring church. He was shot dead in the pulpit, uh, and I preached for him the next Sunday with bloodstains on the carpeting. You don't think that was a trauma, traumatic experience for that congregation? Me personally, my college buddy shot dead in the pulpit. And me preaching the next Sunday, and then a few years later, a gunman came into our church uh, where I was, uh, inner city church where I was pastor. The preschool was having their Santa Claus uh, Christmas party, and uh, my own daughter was in the preschool, and a gunman came in. I had to intercept him, and we had a, a little confrontation there. These are just instances on my own ministry. So, Bishop, wow. I'd like for you to speak for a minute about... What can churches do? You know, we we got two women here are demanding action. What action can churches do to re, to respond to uh, gun violence in their own among their own parishioners or uh, you know in their community? What can churches do? Well, I think churches ought to have some kind of safety protocol for gatherings. Uh, period number one and number two. I think we ought to break the silence on things that we might think are political or, or uh, prohibitive, uh, you know, I, I was at a local church that really helped me do, lay people helped me do that. I think lay people need the demand of their congregations. Say, listen, we're not asking you to endorse candidates, but we want our pastors and we want our churches to address real life issues that are impacting. Like I said, this is a national health crisis. We lost mil- million, over a million people plus to, 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 uh, the COVID-19 virus, but we also, over the course of time, our life expectancy has gone down in the last three or four years because of COVID and because of gun violence, the leading cause of those under 18. So I think we're on safe ground. Heather's already quoted several scriptures. We're on safe ground to break the silence in our congregations and places of worship. 
and, and our coffee shops and so forth. This is not about uh, taking away people's legal rights, but it is about prioritizing the right to live without the fear of dying from gun violence. We have an epidemic in suicides, and I think we rank, if my data may be wrong, and these moms may have better data, but I think we rank like number 19 in gun violence in terms of the state of Indiana out of 50 states. And, you know, we really, we're not the most populous state in the country either. So there, there's way too many guns, way too much violence, period, and way too much silence. Uh, and, and for those, I, I, I just can't, it 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 gets to my last nerve when I keep hearing this flawed argument. Heather has already dispelled it. That more guns somehow is the answer to gun violence. You know that just doesn't make sense. It makes sense to those who are making tremendous profits on on the manufacturing of guns. So why would you say people why are they manufacturing? Well. Everybody is 400 and something thousand guns, million guns, right? And we've mm -hmm. got 300 and something million people. So we got more guns than we have more than, than we have people. But I think 25% of all the guns, if not more in the world are in this country. So so we have a, we have a, 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 a again, a, 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 an overrun of, of guns that are in our country. I think we really ought to have much more uh, stringent rules as it relates to to gun access um, and as it relates to background checks, red flag laws that really work and that are enforced. Some some states have them and they've found that they've made a difference, some don't. So I think things like the work we're doing around mental health support and gun violence are not unrelated. The things that we're doing around uh, peacemaking and gun violence is not unrelated. Whatever we can do to make people feel heard and loved and supported, particularly young people, uh, maybe we can make a dent and reduce the number of suicides as well. We also know that a lot of people who are in high stress vocations, police officers, uh, military veterans, also uh, uh, don't get enough help and, and, and are too often the victims of suicide. So there's a lot we can do. And, and I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the, if we can do a small things with great love, that's better than talking about big things uh, uh, and, and with a lot of judgment. So I'm, I'm, I'm for joining the fan. May Brad, me and you, I, we can figure out how we can become fan club members of Moms Demand Action. I don't think we qualify since well, we're not moms. Well, well, there's probably an auxiliary for the men. Yes, we call ourselves mothers and others. So oh, you are always help, oh. you are always welcome, Bishop. Mothers and others, I, I love it. But <laughs> you know, Bishop, you make a good point. You and I may be fans of Moms Who Demand Action, and there's a lot of people who are, and we need to encourage in our churches. But the fact is, Tricia and Heather, and you probably know this much better than I and the Bishop do. Not everybody's a fan of yours. Not everybody's a fan of what you're about. There are lots of people who go, 
you women are nuts to think that this is really going to make an impact. And if you're going to try to take my guns away from me, you are you got another thing coming. And some people are dismissive, some people are egotistical, some people are sexist or racist or whatever it would be. But they just think you are going the wrong direction. How do you respond to people who say, okay, to the, 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 the solve this problem, we need to arm our pastors, our preschool teachers, our school teachers, or whatever the process is, the more guns argument or other things like this. Help me help us understand how you respond to those people who push against you. And many of those people are pushing uh, pro-gun legislation in our state's legislatures and things like that as well. Heather, can you speak to that for a second and then Tricia? Sure, I'd love to. Um, how do I respond to that? It, it, we are not new to that. Um, my response would be that we show up and we plant our feet firmly. Um, you know, so we are. So you don't back down, huh? We don't back down. We show up and we um, we expect to hold our alarm our, our lawmakers accountable. Um, I've testified um, against a number of bills in the Indiana legislature, answering questions from some of those lawmakers that you're speaking of, um, who think that we're crazy. Um, and I continue to have the same conversations with them each time. Um, one of the things that I think is so striking about the Indiana legislature itself is that we hear all the time from our lawmakers um, that they discount deaths by suicide. They will say, yeah, but your statistics include suicide. You know, that those don't count. Well, tell that to a to a family who who has lost a father or a child um, to suicide. Um, those do matter. Um, unintentional shootings matter. Um, people who are injured by guns and may not be killed, those matter. Um, and so that's the conversation that we continue to try to have at the state house with our legislators is that their definition of gun violence is far too narrow. Um, 58% of the shootings that happen, deaths that happen by gun in Indiana are, hom- are suicides, not homicides. Um, and so that's a conversation that I think the church can engage with, with mental health. And helping people understand that, that, that there are far more Hoosiers um, dying from suicide, even in areas like Hamilton County, than they are other places. Mm. Um, as for our detractors, you know, I just I keep saying we're going to keep showing up. So they will not detract us from the work that we're doing. We're 10 years in as an organization. I know Trisha and I are committed volunteers here in Indiana. And frankly, we're not going anywhere. Mm. Trisha, basically, same thing for you. You know, somebody says, Trisha, you are just on the wrong track here. You really don't know what you're talking about, Trisha. You are out of your mind if you think this is going to happen here. How do you respond to those people? Um, I feel like most of the people who say things like that to us have no data to back up what their their arguments. Um, you know, the I, you know, people who completely live by the Second Amendment think that, you know, there's a lot of misconception. They think that we're against the Second Amendment. We are not. They think we want to take away their guns. We do not. Um, they are running on a lot of assumptions that simply aren't true about our organization, for one. So that's easy to dismiss, you know, those types of things. But, you know, talking about more guns will make us safer. You know, we are exponentially higher in gun deaths than any other, you know, peer nation. So the... The arguments just don't add up as, you know, against the data. So Mm. we have the data. Thank you for that. Bishop, what about the theological arguments here? What about, what does the Bible say about this? What is the, what would be approached for the the pastor or the church leader to think, to bring a faith-based element to this? 
Well, I think uh, nobody's uh, dismissed the Ten Commandments, and they don't have an expiration date. So I think God's message to Moses still applies, thou shalt not kill. And as Heather says that, you know, I'd like to be called many things, but most of all, I'm United Methodist. But more important than being United Methodist, a Christian, more important than all of that is I'd like to consider myself a child of God, a child of the human family. And uh, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. So I really want to be considered one of the children of God. So I'm committed to a life of advocating peacemaking. And I think that's at the root of our Christian guidelines here in the Indiana Conference, our general rules in the United Methodist Church. It's really not that hard. It's do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. And uh as the as the as God spoke to the prophet Micah, it said, "What does God require, oh man? What does God require? But to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God." So, uh, I I think the theological and biblical basis is really uh, we are to love our neighbors. And then, and in the case of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he said, <clears throat> "Darkness cannot drive out darkness; only light can do that." Uh, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So I think we ought to be harbingers of hope, but also traffickers of love and peace and justice and uh, be unapologetic about we can't keep doing the same things and expecting a different result. That's, you know, that's literally that's insanity. And I think we can't just keep having prayer, prayer vigils, which we should and mourning uh, folks and and tinkering with a few laws here and there and still uh, bowing down to the idol gods of, of violence and, and, gun, and gun ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think we can do better than, than what we've done. Uh, uh, and I know we don't have a, I'm glad we don't have a king or dictator. So it really is gonna be incumbent upon the people so I'm sure the moms, when you when you're testifying, they're looking at not only a mom who's concerned, but also a registered voter, uh, because you're fighting against we're fighting against these humongous lobbyists who have all this money to keep the support industries that make money, uh, make money from this from this carnage. Mm. So, uh, uh, Jesus says this, and I'll close with this: John sixteen thirty three. You know, I've come. I, I, my desire is for you to, I'm paraphrasing, my desire is for you to have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, or some translations say tribulation or persecution. But fret not, Jesus says, for I have overcome this world. So I think in the end, God wins, but there's so many casualties along the way and so many preventable deaths, uh, homicides and suicides. And, you know, we know that we know for a fact because there's so many guns in domestic violence situations so many deaths and injuries result result is because of the plethora of guns that are in our homes so i think we can do better and people of faith can do better and i'm inspired by these two young women who and their and their commitment to the to this cause well thank you for sharing that and just we always like to kind of bring our conversation here and to be encouraged around to an encouraging word and we've talked about some tough here some tough here uh topic here today to deal with and i thank you for the courage that comes out of your faith here to both heather and tricia but uh, tricia what is something you are encouraged about in this whole conversation here give us a word there about what's encouraging 
Um, I think I, I always look back at the sprint versus marathon. So I know that we're like getting farther into this and more and more things are changing and it can only hopefully get better with time. Heather, how about you? What is, I know we've talked about some tough things here, but what, what word of encouragement do you have? Maybe in particular for someone who is dealing in some form or another, they, maybe they have a gun in the house that they don't, you know, they need to some direction about, but what's an encouraging word that you might have? Um, I think I am so encouraged by our young people. Um, we just recently had our first advocacy day back at the state house as moms demand action. And that these young people have grown up in a world where they, all they know are Alice drills. They, they hear about school shootings regularly. Our generations didn't have that. Um, so this is the world that we've handed them. And to see these kids show up at the state house and, um, and speak truth to power, to speak to legislators and say, we don't want to live like this anymore. I'm tired of losing my friends. I'm tired of being scared at school. Um, so they, they give me great hope. They encourage me to continue in this work because I, I do think that they are going to be the ones that, that change it. So that would be Indeed. my encouragement. Indeed, a lot of leadership has come for young people, high school and college students and so on. But Bishop, give us a closing word of encouragement and maybe close us with a prayer, please. Be glad to. Well, I'm encouraged by those who uh, not only commit themselves to pray and to engage in uh, bringing about change, but those who have volunteered to do that. Uh, these two women are not uh, highly paid staff people on a, on a nonprofit organization. But there are citizens uh, who are committed to making a world better for our children and in the succeeding generations. So I'm inspired by people who, who have uh, made a decision to do something and not just complain. Too often we stand on the sidelines and say, boy, I wish the world would just get better rather than actually participate in uh, small acts of kindness and courage that literally transform the world. If you're hearing this podcast, you may be a person that can bring about change, or you may be a person that needs to make change in your own household or seek help if you need help. And so I'd like to close with a prayer. Lord God, we just ask that you would provide help for those who are seeking help today. Uh, remind them that their life matters and all lives matter around them. Remind us if we are gun owners that we should be responsible and make sure those guns are secure. And remind us that we need not teach or preach hatred, but we can embrace love, peacemaking, kindness, and courage. We thank you, O oh God, for waking us up this morning. And we pray that tomorrow when we wake up, uh, the problems that we've talked about today will become less of a problem because of the changes that can take place in our lifetime. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we thank you, our guests today, on To Be Encouraged, Heather Hilbert and Tricia Owens, the organization Moms Demand Action. You've been listening to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble, the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. This is an important discussion we had here today, friends, on To Be Encouraged. I hope that you took it to heart. Many thanks to Heather Hilbert and Tricia Owens from the organization Moms Demand Action for participating in our conversation here in episodes number 049 and 050 
of To Be Encouraged. Just a reminder, you can get full show notes and a full transcript at tobeencouraged.com slash 050. That's also where you can get links to many of the organizations that are supportive of the fight, of the fight against gun violence. And you can find out more about Tricia and Heather there as well. We thank them. This is an epidemic in our country. We're recording this in mid-March of 2023. It's my understanding that already over 100 incidents of mass gun shootings have happened in our country. Myself and Mr. Turnbull are based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, a large city. I'm already knowledgeable of many incidents of gun violence which have taken place in this area in the last few weeks, just by watching the news. The question is, for all of us, friends, what are we going to do about it individually and particularly in our churches? I think our episode today said that there is something that we can do. It starts with praying, but also taking action. And I love what Trisha and Heather are about, is that moms demand action it is no longer a, a place for the church or for individuals to uh, let it just take place and pretend like it's not impacting their own communities, because it does. It just does. I hope that you'll take this to heart and take that as a positive sign that people are stepping forward to demand reasonable uh, action regarding the control of gun violence and to participate in the process. I hope that you'll do just that. A part of that process is good conversation about it. That's what we're here about at To Be Encouraged. This is Bishop Julius C. Trebles' opportunity to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. And we hope that you'll tune in to us every week as we bring you an encouraging word. Until next time, good people, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller speaking on behalf of Bishop Julius C. Trebles reminding you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website to be encouraged.com. That's T O B E E N C O U R A G E D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember, to listen next week, to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble, and never forget, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it.